The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast, and I'm your host, Raider Craig. Welcome to our show. Well, this is the post-draft show. Not much of a pre-draft show, I know, because picking at uh, the first of the fourth round, or actually the last of the third round, wasn't much to talk about. We'll hit on that and the draftees of this class of 2012 here on this show, 339. On today's show, we will have the post-draft and a quick synopsis of the players we took. Not from the mediots, however, right here from Raider Nation. We're also going to hit Matt Leinert's Visits Oakland. I would never, ever in my wildest dreams thought that that would come out of my mouth, but Matt Leinert came to Oakland. We're going to talk about that and hit on what we think this season might turn out to be. Yes, a prediction this early, uh, whatever, but I'm going to give it because I can. All right, let's move on to the show. Well, the 2012 draft has come and gone, and I can say one thing for sure. It was a strange and very unusual football season event for this Raider fan. After years and years of wanting to, to, to pick a player that's not the fastest and not the biggest, <laughs> just a pure football player, Al Davis's fingers were not in the mix. You know, you get conditioned to thinking we're going to pick speed. It's really strange. And when we don't pick speed, it's kind of a weird feeling, too. Because your expectations always are leaning towards the fastest player in the draft because we've done it every single year. This draft was entirely different. The feeling, the emotion, and the players that we picked were certainly not something that Al Davis probably would have done. It's times like these that remind me that Al's gone. It's times like these that make me think about the past drafts and think about Mr. Davis. It's funny, you know, this is the draft and we should all be looking at our players, which we will, of course, but just the the emotion of not having Mr. Davis in the box, without having him in the room, without having him introduce our number one player. It's just an event that is missing something insane, which is our leader, Al Davis. I miss Mr. Davis tremendously in having his... Uh, his typical things that he, he did during the season, it's really kind of kind of going to be strange this year. Something that I really wasn't prepared for, even up to the draft. That being said, I'm, I'm sure you guys all capture the whole thing there of, uh, we miss you, Mr. Davis. We miss you a lot just because uh, we're so used to having you there and taking care of us. And that is all I have to say about that. Let's get to the draft and who we got. To announce the Oakland Raiders selection, please welcome from Grambling State University, an undrafted free agent in 1963, Raiders Hall of Fame cornerback, Willie Brown. Thank you, thank you very much. Raider Nation, with the 95th pick in, in the 2012 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select Tony Bristrom, guard, Utah. Go Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Bergstrom is an Oakland Raider. Dennis Allen, good enough to join us, head coach of the Raiders here in the wheelhouse. John Lund, Greg Pop on 95-7 the game. Raiders will be on the clock in the third round at pick number 95. Coach, thanks for the time. How are you? I'm doing good, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks, hey, for, coach. Yeah, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. When you were watching the first round yesterday, Coach, uh, assessing the whole league and the flurry of trades and what the teams did within the AFC West, what were your impressions of uh, of day one? Well, I mean, I think uh, 
just like anything else, I mean, you 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 know, you look at the picks and who's taking who, and uh, you know, I kind of figured there'd be a little bit of movement going on in the draft, uh, you know, with the new rookie uh, wage scale and the way the CBA is set. But uh, uh, really, at the end of the day, none of us know exactly who got the better of day one. And we won't know about this uh, draft class until you get three or four years in and find out what these guys are able to do over a three or four-year period. How much of it, of it is, like, you, you look at your own team and say, okay, these are our needs, but you see a lot of times, too, within the division, because you play each team two times, that maybe you look at what other teams do or what or what their strengths are, and you got to make sure you defend against those. Is is that – or how big of a part of the, the equation is that? Well, I, I... – I think I think it's twofold. Um, you know, number one, obviously, uh, to to be able to get into the playoffs and have a chance to win a championship, uh, you know, the best way to do that is to win your division. So you, you obviously have to uh, always try to build your team in a way that you think you can match up in your division, and you you see that around the league and 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 how people are. Uh, you know, going after players. And so uh, we'll always take that into account, um, you know, and how we want to build the team. But at the end of the day, you win football games with good football players. Uh, Reggie McKenzie said that you guys kind of mocked it up and said, okay, who would we have picked at number 17? What was going through your mind at that point when you would have picked? Well, uh, there, you know, I mean, I think uh, you kind of look at uh, who the best – best player available on the board still is and and there was actually several options there uh you know and in, in trying to figure out who would be the guy that uh would best fit and what we were trying to get done and it was interesting because we had everybody all the scouts uh turned in a name and uh we put those in a file and then at the end of the year we'll kind of look back and see who was right yeah, good way to evaluate their job performance, huh? Coach, it's interesting because you know you have all these mock drafts out there, and, and they're pretty generic because they don't know what you what certain teams are looking for. Certain guys fit certain schemes and characters and everything else. What now? We we knew with Al Davis, we had a pretty good idea after fifty years of of drafting what a, what a Raider was. What is a new Raider? What do you guys value? What are you looking for? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, we're looking for for uh, players that have the athletic ability to play the position uh, that we're going to ask them to play. But I think first and foremost, we're looking for guys that are real football players that enjoy the game, love the game, play play the game instinctively, uh, and guys that have been productive in college. Because generally, uh, if you're above the line athletically and you produce in college, you're going to produce in the National Football League. And those are the type of guys that we're looking for. Last time we had you on, Coach, you were anxious to get your, your football team on the field and actually see your players. And since you are a new coaching staff, you were afforded that luxury uh, last week, I believe, they were on the field in Alameda. Uh, what did you see from your team? How many, how many guys showed up, and what, what, what kind of a field do you have for your players now? Well, I thought we had a great turnout, um, you know, and being that it's voluntary and, and players don't have to be here, I was uh, very impressed with the number of guys that we had here. Uh, what I thought is I thought they worked extremely hard, uh, and I thought they worked uh, extremely well uh, for a three-day period, and we were able to get a lot of work in, uh, get an initial evaluation of our team, although, we're you know, it's not in pads, so you don't get the full evaluation, but uh, uh, we did get a pretty good evaluation of who we had. Uh, and I felt pretty good about the work that we got done. Uh, when you evaluate now this late in the draft, Coach, do, do things change where maybe early in the draft you're looking at you know premium players and maybe trying to fit them in where the guys that you pick later on, they're going to have to play special teams for you probably and maybe start out as, as backups where maybe your thought process on a, you know best player versus filling a need changes when you're later in the draft? No, I don't think best player – uh, versus need really changes. I mean, I think I think uh, I think your general philosophy is always going to be to take the best player and don't take based based on need. Now, need comes into comes into account when you got two players that are very similar grades and the way that you have them from a talent standpoint. Uh, then obviously you take into account the need. Um, but I think our job is is to when you get into these late rounds, you have to identify uh, what the role for that player would be within your team and. and and the better we're able to identify the role and be able to put them in those roles when, once we get them here, uh, the better we're going to be. Coach, it's always great talking to you. Thanks for taking the time. Good luck in the draft. Hey, guys, I appreciate it. You got good it. Good luck today. Take Have care. a good weekend. All right, there you All go. Right. There's Dennis Allen, head coach of the Raiders. By the way, season tickets start at just $26 a game. Just call 1-800-RAIDERS or Raiders.com. 
Well, let's start off in the fourth round, and I'm not going to say what the other mediots has said and, you know, Mel Kuyper and the whole dog and pony show that was the draft. I'm kind of getting sick of the way they've really made it into this big event. I like the old draft, honestly. I mean, I'm going all over the place with this story, but, I mean, for crying out loud, um, next thing they're going to have some some rapper sing in. There's going to be some entertainment phase. You watch. I was kind of blown away, and uh, also all those guys with their opinions, it's just, it's just a constant rain of crap, in my eyes anyway. So on the fourth round, the Oakland Raiders pick Miles Burris, a linebacker out of San Diego State. Now, I like this guy. I like this guy because I like his attitude, and I like that every other word in a sense is things like brutal, uh, painful, aggressive, uh, you know, this is the linebacker I see out of San Diego State that could actually turn into someone like Romanowski. I like the way this guy takes people down. I love the way he can capture a guy from behind. He has a great burst of speed. I love his attitude, really, the more than anything else. I really do. I think we really picked a good player, and I am stunned that he was there, honestly. I don't know about those other the geniuses in the NFL, but I think this character here, uh, he puts on a couple more pounds. Watch out, baby, because he's very Romanowski-esque. He is aggressive. He's mean, and you can tell that he loves to hit people. I love this pick, and I think he's going to pan out for us big time. Now, in the fifth round, we pick Jack Crawford. Now, Jack Crawford is kind of a... Um, He's a defensive end from Penn State, by the way, and he's kind of a, a slow guy, a d- defensive end, defensive tackle type. Uh, he's not very fast off the ball. He doesn't have a real explosive uh, uh, jump, I'll have to say. He's pretty slow. He gets hung up a lot on the line of scrimmage, and he's really slow to break free. But he can get to the quarterback. He's got a big body, and he's very strong, and he's very fresh. He's very young. Uh, he's from England, which is kind of cool. And the fact that he got a chance to, uh, to play in the NFL is pretty awesome. So you know that he only played two years of college uh, football. So, so Crawford is a project, but I like the project. I like his attitude. I think he's going to come in big. Um, he's got to learn a little better skill set, and he has to get off that explosive uh, line play. He's got to get off the line a lot faster. He did have a foot injury, had some screws in his toe or in his foot somewhere that's kept him from really doing his best. So I look for a project here, maybe one or two years, but not a bad pick because his body size really came in big. Now, I like this wide receiver we picked up, which was a pretty good thing, Justin Kreiner. Hey, man, watch some of this guy's tape, and he reminds me of Moore. I mean, this is the kind of guy that steals the ball away from the defense. And also um, Murphy and uh, Ford. I mean, this is a good wide receiver. He's not the fastest, but he's got some good moves. And even when he's caught up with other players, he tends to come up with a ball, which is like the most important thing, don't you think? I really like this kid. Uh, His film is tremendous. I'm surprised he came to us, of course. I'm sure there's other players that are good or better even. But I like the skill set he brings in. And I think of the two guys that we picked that I think might be able to play. uh, Burris is one of them. And Kreiner, I think, is another guy that could contribute early. I like this kid. And he catches with his hands. And he catches the ball from every angle. I think you guys will like him, too, because I just like his tenacity. And he never gives up on on a football, which is pretty awesome. So... Now we have a defensive tackle from Georgia. Now this guy, Christo Bellokiti, like uh, like Hello Kitty, but with a bill, with a B. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong, whatever. I don't care. He's a tackle from Georgia. He's also kind of a slow guy, but and he gets hung up a little bit too uh, at the line of scrimmage. But he's also a big body, an aggressive player, and he doesn't stop running after the ball carrier. He's not a guy that'll stop after the play goes to the other side of the field. He will continue to pursue until the ball's on the ground. 
I like the way his tenacity is. Another player we're going to have to work on. Hey, man, this is what we get when we pick these late-round draft picks. You know, that's the way it is. And <laughs> those are the guys we're going to have to take. But I do like the players. I like the personality of the guys big time. There's Nathan Stuper, a linebacker from Penn State also. Another good player. He's a good linebacker, maybe an outside guy, play outside, inside. Um, he's a seventh-round guy, so he's a little smaller. Uh, he's not quite as sharp, and he's a little slower on the take. In other words, his reaction time's a little bit slow. But, you know, all this stuff can be coached. There's not a guy on here that I don't like, which is something that's surprising. Uh, you guys know that, of course. So I like what we've done here. I really like this draft. I like the people. Once I got an opportunity to see their interviews, look at their gameplay, and and get an opportunity to see who they are. I think they're all going to be great Raiders, honestly. Uh, the thing I do like also about this draft class is that it's not just on football skills. There's a lot of great character here. You know, the, the guard that we picked up from Utah, Tony Bergstrom. Uh, this guy, a great character guy. Guy went on a mission. He has a wife and child. You know, he's stable. There's not a lot of trouble in this draft. I don't see any trouble. I see quality players, just like Reggie McKenzie said. We're going to get quality guys, good football players, and, you know, good football players have good character, have good study traits. They work hard. All the things that we want to see out of a player, you know, skill will take you someplace, boy, I'll tell you. You know, raw talent is one thing, but you have to match it up with the, the skill. And the skill is what you get coached. And if you're smart enough to pick up the skill, even if, you're, if your natural ability is not that good, the skill can make it happen for you. We have a new coaching staff. We have a lot of things happening with this team. The draft, I think, is an A to me. We didn't have to have a first and second and a mid-third round or whatever we're going to get. I think for the players we got shows a lot about our organization, a lot about our coach, a lot about our general manager. He stuck to his word. He got the guys that, that I feel are good. And, and don't anybody out there tell me that you guessed these players that we're going to get, first of all. So let me go there real quick right now because I had no freaking clue. And I know I looked at every draft possibility for the Raiders at the last round, last pick of number three, third round. Nobody was right. I mean, you couldn't possibly with right with the numbers of people that are in a draft. The top ten, I mean, you could be close on the top ten. The top three for sure, and then after that – you know, maybe a little bit. Then the top 10, probably pretty close. But other than that, when you get to the third round, don't tell me anybody knew that the Raiders are going to get these guys because I didn't. And I, I just wanted to see who they picked, what kind of men they were, what kind of character, what kind of football, you know, desire. And listen, man, I like these guys. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Well, Matt Leinert shows up in Oakland. Go figure. You know, I could never think that he would show up here, but I knew he wasn't going to be one of those premier quarterbacks that was going to come out of USC and make a big splash and take everybody to the Super Bowl. I just didn't see it then. You know, he reminds me a lot of, and I hate to say it because I'm going to choke on it, our last backup quarterback, Kyle I got to throw an INT every time. Bowler. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us here in the wheelhouse. John Lund, Greg Papa on a Monday. Hope you're doing great. Thanks for making the switch. The Barry is only FM sports station. You see our next guest, Albert Breer on NFL Network. Also read him on uh, NFL.com. Does a great job. And you can follow him at Albert Breer 
on Twitter. Let's talk some NFL draft. Hi, Albert. How are you? So, guys, how you hey. doing? Albert, during day three of the NFL draft on Saturday, you reported that uh, Matt Leinart is likely to sign with the Raiders. Uh, so what's going on there in Alameda? They're going to bring him in and look at him, but they're also going to bring in uh, Jim Sorgi. So what do you think the Raiders do as far as a backup to Carson Palmer? Well, my understanding is is that it's really just timing with Leinart, and then it's going to get done. Um, you know, now I, I, there was some medical issue there, of course, and, and he did have the the collarbone, I believe it was last fall. Um, but all expectations are that he's going to sign, and he's going to be Carson Palmer's backup, just like he was all those years ago at USC. They need depth at the position, um, you know, and, and I think Leinart's a good player to to have in reserve. I, I can tell you this about him. Um, the Houston Texans were awfully excited to see Matt Leiner play. Um, you know, as much as they were disappointed about Schaub getting hurt, they were excited to see what Schaub, what, what, what Leiner might be able to do. He'd done a really nice job for them in practice. And, and one of the problems with Leiner in the past had always been, well, he had this reputation of being kind of a 9-to-5 guy, which is about as bad as a reputation as you can get being a football player. And, um, you know, the people in Houston really thought that he had grown up a lot, and they liked him a lot. And, um, you know, now it'll be interesting to see what happens. As long as the medicals check out, my understanding is that he'll be a Raider. And, um, you know, I can't imagine that. I, I don't think Sorgi and, and Liner are exactly on the same level either. I would think Sorgi would be more of a camp arm, maybe a guy you take a flyer on that maybe would be your third quarterback versus, you know, a guy like Liner, who, as, as much as he hasn't lived up to expectations, still is, is a good backup for someone. Do your sources say anything in terms of what kind of an indication this is for Terrell Pryor? <laughs> well, you know, being an Ohio State guy, I got to see a lot of Pryor, um, you know, his four years or his three years in Columbus. I, I think more than anything else, it tells you that he's not ready to be the backup. You know, if you just want to read the tea leaves there, um, you know, he needed development coming into the pros. Um, he needed time. He didn't play four years in Columbus. He only played three. He didn't have a redshirt year there. Um, so he wasn't even on campus for all that long, uh, not even three full school years. So um, I think this is probably this, this is pretty much an affirmation that they don't think Terrell Pryor is ready to be the primary backup. Um, now, you know, that that's too bad because the guy you spent a third-round pick on, you'd expect that a year later – um, that he'd be ready to be in that role. Because you expect third-rounders eventually, and, and I know quarterbacks are a little different, you expect them eventually to be competing for starting jobs. Um, so you'd expect at least in their second year they'd be ready to back up and you'd, be, and you'd feel comfortable with them if your starter went down. But um, bringing in liner would seem to indicate that they don't feel that way with prior. And, and the other thing, too, I mean, with the coaching staff change and, and the regime change there in Oakland, uh, there's always that also, which is, you know, maybe the new GM, the new coach, don't like him the same way that the old guys did. Matt Leinert, this guy's a pretty boy quarterback pick. That's what I call him, and I'm going to call it like I see it. So is Kyle Bowler. Tall, handsome, you know, very easy to communicate with, represents the NFL very well, you know, polished, but just can't throw football to save their life. Can't read a defense, can't run away. I mean, just can't do the job. They look like they can, they sound like they can, but they just can't do it. Now, I say this, Matt Leinart better be an improvement over Kyle. I got to throw an interception bowler. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, Kyle Bowler was horrible in a story. So Matt Leinart's coming in here for some veteran presence because uh, – for all you Terrell Pryor fans, and I know you're out there, and I know you're going to roll your eyes and give me a bunch of bullshit, but I'm going to tell you right now, he ain't going to be the guy. And he ain't going to be the guy this year or next year. He might be the guy in two years, maybe, if he hangs around that long. I just don't think he's the guy. And from what I'm hearing from the little sources that I have, he just... It's taken a long time to even get rolling. And it says a lot to me when they give him opportunity to be the number two guy and they go out and pull a Matt Leinart. So, so far, it's been the way I say it. I hope that I eat my words. I know you guys are all saying, you're going to eat your words. I hope so, because that means that he'll be a better guy than I thought he was. But I'm still not seeing any good improvement for him. 
for that third round pick we gave up. Um, and I think Reggie might want to have that back, but we'll see. He's still on the team, still under contract. And, uh, well, he's not going to be the number two or the number three next year. So that says a lot to this Raider fan. Rich Gannon had an interesting take on this subject, so we're going to listen to what he's got to say. And thank goodness our next guest is here. This is always a real treat. Outstanding NFL on CBS analyst, 2002 NFL MVP, the one and only Rich Gannon. How are you today, Rich? Guys, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Good thank you so much for your time. I always chuckle when we look at the draft and evaluations for players because aren't you, Rich Gannon, you're the poster child for how wrong scouts can be because didn't they want to turn you into a defensive back when you were drafted? You're right. It's, you know, it's not an exact science. And, you know, we have all these, uh, these draft analysts and we've got, uh, you know, people that spend their lives, pro personnel people and, and uh, college scouts. And, but it isn't an exact science. It's really difficult to anticipate and project where a lot of these players are going to wind up in two or three years. You got to take into consideration their circumstances, the program that they played at. What is the upside? You know, you, you get them with a good, a good uh, scheme, some good coaches. And I think that, um, we're never quite sure how these players are going to respond. Rich, the Raiders didn't pick till 95, and that's a tough way for Reggie McKenzie to start off his career as a general manager. How did they do? And you, and you, you made the point, you do know the team's needs by the time the draft comes around, especially with so much information available now. How did they do in addressing their needs? I think they did a nice job. Look, you know, I think this is a transitional period. Uh, you know, you, for the first time in essentially 50 years, somebody else other than Al Davis was running the draft for, for the Oakland Raiders. I think Reggie McKenzie has done a fantastic job trying to, uh, you know, turn this thing around. And it's not going to be easy. I think just getting in compliance with the salary cap had made a lot of difficult decisions there. Didn't have a first, their first pick until the 95th pick overall where they took Tony Bergstrom out of Utah, who I think is a, a pretty good player. He can come in and, and, uh, I think he can play either tackle or guard. So it gives him some flexibility. I think he's got a, a little bit of a nasty streak to him. When you look at the type of players that they drafted, kids, uh, like a guy, Jack Crawford out of Penn State, guys that were leaders, uh, you know, high character guys. I, I think that to me is important. You know, it's gotten away a little bit. Al's philosophy was I want the fastest guys, the fastest and the biggest. Well, uh, they were, weren't always the best football players, but um, so I think that Reggie's you know has made some difficult decisions. Just found out today that uh, they're going to move on from John Kingdom, who was their uh, college uh, personnel director for essentially thirty some years. So they, he's going to be re re replaced. So I think there's a, a changing of the guard, if you will, and I, I'm excited to see what Reggie can do as well as Dennis Allen. The division gets better, obviously, with Peyton Manning coming in. Do you like the Raiders' chances moving forward this year? I do. I think two things have to happen. Darren McFadden has to have a huge year, and he has to play all 16 games. I mean, that's something he hasn't really been able to do his entire career. So that's really going to be, I think, important for the Raiders to be able to run the football. Carson Palmer has to take the next step. Last year, too many mistakes. The turnovers were a killer. And the other thing they've got to be able to do, and it's going to be difficult because they don't have a ton of money. And, uh, they, you know, of course, they didn't have the great draft because of where they were slotted. But they've got to surround Carson with more talent. I think it's a tight end position at the wide receiver position. Those are two areas where they have to get better between now and September. Rich Gannon with us here on 95.7 The Game. Yesterday, Rich, we talked to Brian Baldinger. He said he had been talking to Rod Woodson a lot lately, and Rod Woodson told him, we have a lot of guys that were not receptive at all to being coached. How much did that contribute to the Raiders' problems? Oh, well, they had a lot of issues, guys. I think that, you know, I think a lot of people in the building didn't respect the chain of command, and I think when players had issues in the past, rather than go to their position coach or the coordinator, even the head coach, sometimes they would just go to Al Davis. And, you know, it was uh, it was dysfunctional at times, and I think that, uh, you know, I'm excited to see the changes that are being made. I think that you look at all the different coaches, I think it's, what, six or seven different coaches in the last nine or ten years, probably, you know, a dozen or more quarterbacks. I mean, just too many, too much change. And, you know, I, we always say that the, you need constant – you need consistency and stability at every level of your organization, at the ownership group, the management, uh, the front office, your, your head coach, your coaching staff, and the quarterback. And the Raiders just haven't had that over the years. I think it's really hurt them. Rich, uh, one thing that uh, the, the Raiders didn't pick up as a quarterback, but now word is that Matt Liner's coming in for a workout. Do they need a backup behind Carson Palmer, or is Terrell Pryor, in your judgment, ready to do that job? Well, I think that the big question is, is you know, where is he at? I think that, you know, last year was kind of a redshirt year for Terrell Pryor. 
Uh, I think there's some questions about whether or not he can be a pocket passer and, and how efficient he can be in that role. He's got some mechanical things he needs to work through. I think they want to find out more about him in the spring, but in the interim, I think they want to bring in some competition. I think they want to bring in a veteran guy. And I know that, uh, you know, uh, Jim Sorge was out there to work out yesterday, I believe. And of course, uh, Matt Leiner, you could start connecting the dots. Matt Leiner was in Houston and Greg Knapp, the offensive coordinator now was in Houston last year. So certainly there's the familiarity factor there. And I think Matt Leiner would be a good addition, a guy that, uh, you know, hasn't played a ton of football either, but has been in the league quite a while. He's got some starts under his belt and, and could bring some experience and, and veteran leadership to that, that position. Rich Gannon, talk to you soon. Guys, you're the best. Thanks. See you, Rich. All right. So it looks like Matt Leinert's coming. Looks like he's probably going to get signed. I can see he's already worked with Greg, take a nap or take a dirt nap. Oh, gosh. Uh, don't let me go there. Anyway, so we'll see what happens with him. Uh, I think he'll probably be a fit in the mix because he knows the playbook already. Everybody knows that he's he knows it, so why not bring him in here? He could actually help Carson Palmer, another USC guy, maybe to grasp um, Knapp's offense, <clears throat> whatever that may be. So looks like you might get him. He hasn't signed yet. We'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, his injury, he broke a collarbone like Jason Campbell, so he's rehabbing from that. It happened in his first game for the Texans when Matt Schaub went down with an injury. The next game, so did Matt Leinart. If that tells you anything, I don't know. Maybe he's trying too hard. I don't know, but I hope he's better than Kyle Bowler if we sign him. <laughs> oh, brother. And that is that. What must I do to get on the radio? I'll dance a jitterbug, but I know jiggalo. Won't draw my pants, but I can dance. Please, Mr. Radio, give me a chance. Give me a chance, let the public decide. Play my video on prime time. I don't have a thing to hide. Just want my chance. Is it a crime? Please, Mr. Radio, give me a chance. Well, Raider Nation, now that the drafting dust has settled, so to speak, and we're heading into the OTAs and some training camp, let me just give you my opinion on what we're going to be doing this season. The 2012 Raiders are going to be flying under the radar, and once again, in great fashion, and I do love this, we're the underdogs. Yes, we are expected to be in the basement of the AFC West Every sports commentator will tell you, including Rich Gannon, that we will not play very well this season. Well, that's not how I feel about this team. Look, we lost Bush. Yeah, decent running back. Pretty good. Not super fantastic. And we lost Cameron Wembley, which was a definitely a big part of our defense. But look, our offense played pretty damn well with a quarterback that stepped in you know, halfway through the season. And our defense was ranked 28th in the league. Well, gosh, with Wembley, we were 28th. How much further down can we go? We have a new de defensive coach. We have a defensive-minded head coach and a defensive-minded general manager. Well, to me, that equals an improved defense. I feel that the Raiders didn't lose that much this offseason and we almost won the division last year. Yes, there have been improvements in San Diego. Yes, there's been improvements in Denver. And the Chiefs, they're no slouches, man. They took a couple of our players and added to their, you know, new team with new head coach, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou team, Romeo? Let me tell you, man, we were in the mix last season, and you can bet your ass that we're going to be big time in the mix this year. The pontificating pontificators can talk out of the side of their ass all they want, but the Raiders have not changed that much since last season. The positives are we have Carson Palmer, 
going to have a whole offseason with this team. The rest of the team is going to have a whole offseason with itself. Big improvement. The offense will improve. There's no doubt in my mind. And our defense has nowhere to go but up. And we almost won the division last year. I don't care about Peyton Manning or Phillip Rivers or anything that anyone else is, oh, 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 going to do. I see the Oakland Raiders where they left off last season. I don't see them falling very much further behind. And I'm telling you right now, if we stay where we are and improve a little bit, we're going to turn some heads and beat some ass. And yes, our schedule's not as easy. Well, neither is anyone else's for crying out loud. We have a team. We have a new coach. We have a new attitude. And I think we have a young enough team that's going to be able to bounce back and prove to everybody here, a.k.a. San Francisco, that the Oakland Raiders are not the team that they suspect us to be. No, my friends, we will be much better of a team than anyone expects, but that's kind of the way I like it. I like being the underdog. I do like hearing these knuckleheads talk about how bad we're going to be, and then, lo and behold, we're better. And not just better, I mean much better. I see the Oakland Raiders having a great season this year, maybe not going to the Super Bowl, but certainly being in contention for the AFC West and definitely possibly winning the division all out. I have no doubt that it can happen. There's no reason for it not to. And as a matter of fact, I'm looking for it to be the case. So Oakland Raiders of 2012, we're going to kick some Azulito, Padna. You can bet on that. And that's what I'm betting on for show. And that is all I have to say about that. Bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. Bad. 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 All right, Raider Nation, it's time for my favorite part of the show, which is the bone line. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Throw your bone right here, man. You're going to have to do it all season. Do it early. Do it often. Get on here. You know, ladies, I'm talking to you too now. I know it's the off season. I know, but we must move on. Also, check out. RaiderNationPodcast.com, www, by the way. And get on there. Randy has a great forum. It's great. Uh, we have a great site. All the news you could possibly want. Check it out, my brothers and sisters. Okay, the bone line. Who's first? Our first caller, Raider Chungo. What's up, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation, this is Raider Chongo calling in once again from the lovely Copperopolis where it's starting to get freaking hot, but that's all right. You know, I just got done listening to the last podcast, and, you know, I got to be honest, it kind of kills me here in some Raider Nation really starting to fall into the, the mainstream media bullshit because that's exactly what's happening. We're also falling into the free agency frenzy bullshit because you show me one team that's gone and made itself a Super Bowl contender because of a bunch of free agent pickups. I mean, the Eagles last year, look what the fuck they did. They go and bring Nandi and they don't even use him right. What a joke that was. I mean, look at, go look at the Bucks right now. You get Knicks, you get a wide receiver. What'd they do? You still got a ton of holes on that team. You still have issues at linebacker. They still have issues with the defensive backfield. And they just went and spent like $200 million fucking dollars or whatever it is. You know what? I think we all need to take a more impartial look at things. First of all, Michael Bush. Love the guy. I always love the champ. Pound the Bush. Fantastic. You know, I love the guy's heart. But let's be real. A back his size, there's a reason why you get him in the fourth round. Yeah, I know he had a broken leg. But let's be honest, they're kind of a dime a dozen. Like, Brandon Jacobs wasn't a first-round guy. 
I could go down the list of free agent running backs so we can get someone who could run for 3.8 a carry and get tackled after 35 yards. I mean, he wasn't a guy that, okay, he was a workhorse. That I understand, but that's replaceable. Darren McFadden went healthy. I know it's a pain in the ass because the guy can't complete a season, but when healthy, that's irreplaceable. And I hate to admit it, but it's the truth. Now, if we traded him for a first-round pick, I wouldn't complain. But it, I would be hard, more hard-pressed to lose him than Bush. And the thing about Bush is, like, it's, you can go find a guy in the fourth or fifth round that could do what Bush did. We can replace those yards. And I love the guy, but let him, let him fucking go. And, you know, and the rest of his offense, everyone's worried about the mobility for Palmer. You know, it's not like Matt Schaub was a super nimble guy. The dude, the statue in the pocket, the whole point of the role is just to get outside. I think everything's going to be fine. Let's not worry about the offense. Switch it over to the – oh, and before I switch over to the defense, let's make uh, – uh, I noticed on the last podcast, Breesel has a five-year contract. Five years, $20 million. Very good signing. But let's switch over to the defense real quick. This was the 28th ranked defense last year. Who gives a fuck if we lose Route or Wembley? Who really cares? They were part of that 28th ranked defense. I give a shit unless you blew the whole thing up and just started over because that's how bad it was. As far as I'm concerned, I'm hearing good things out of camp. They've gotten a third of the playbook, even the playbook, and they already said it's a balance between blitzes, zones, and man. That's what I'm seeing reading from guys on Twitter and stuff like that. And you know what? Philip Wheeler, that is a fantastic signing. That might go under the radar because the only other team that wanted him was the Colts. But the Colts knew they needed Philip Wheeler back because he's a solid Sam linebacker in a 4-3 defense. And when he was coming out of college, all the notes were that he was supposed to be a pass rushing specialist. The only problem was the Colts already have all the pass rushers, so we never had the opportunity. This is a guy who could do both jobs. And it's perfect to give him a one-year deal. He's 27 years old. If he does well, you give him four more years. I mean, Aaron Curry's in a similar position, similar skill set. I mean, he might not be that great in man coverage, but I guarantee you put that guy in maybe some zone opportunities off of some fake blitzes, you never know what could happen. And everyone's worried about the cornerbacks. Stanford route going, so you know, fuck Stanford route. That dude at 17 pounds, I can give a shit less about him. I know I'm cussing a lot this time. I normally don't, but I don't care. The fact is, you know, Bartell might have some injury problems, but he had a few good seasons where he wasn't injured at all. And you know what? I will take that upside for only a million and a half bucks and stand for a route, wiping some dude's ass with the penalty flag every time he goes out there because he can't keep his goddamn hands to himself. You know, and Shante Spencer, you know, same thing. You know what? Give these guys a shot. Let them play some football and see what the fuck they got. You know, I have no problem with this. This is how you build the right way. This is how you build the football team. You know, Lee Underwood, these guys are cast off. You let them see if they can come in and play some decent football. They can't. Fuck them. You're not losing anything. Who gives a crap? Oh, and you know what? We just signed Tollison, too. That is a stellar signing that nobody's going to fucking talk about. No one is. Why? Because nobody knows who the hell he is. That's why you sign him. This is a dude that played defense and, and defensive tackle for the Giants last four years. He has two Super Bowl rings. That dude is a stud, and he's coming back home to play with his team. That he grew. He's like Walnut Creek or something. He wants to come home. You know, that's what we're doing. We're bringing in players that want to come here. Phil Wheeler said on Twitter that the big reason why he decided on the Raiders was because the Twitter followers got him to come over. And, you know, to my own horn, I was one of the guys that uh, tweeted him. So, you know what? Those are the kind of players you want. I love all these signings. I am super pumped for the draft, as you can tell. You know what? Fonte's perfect. I have a good feeling he can be there in the third or fourth. I bet you we can find another defensive back. On top of that, find us another back. Because, you know what, Goodson, you know, Tiki Barber had fundamentally problems. So as far as I'm concerned, Goodson can come on over, get his shit in order, and play some good football. You just give the man a shot. Give him an opportunity to see what he does. It's not like we're losing much with him. And, again, you just hit the draft, fourth and fifth round, you can find a running back. All right, that's what I got. You know, Raider Nation, you just can't fall in to the constant trap of the national media. They're always going to fuck us. They're never going to give us a shot. So what, uh, Denver gets a Peyton Manning. You know, it took Peyton Manning six, seven years to make that offense fucking work. The only reason why those, that offense was so epic was because people had to be in it for years until it was effective. And then what, the Chargers? They bring in, I can't remember who they brought in, but they lost Mitchell Jackson. No one's noticing that. And they didn't really ever make any other really super big pickups. You know, these other teams, they're not that impressive. That's my rant. Uh, you know, love Raider Nation, but you know what? We can't fall into the trap that they're all pushing us in. All right, peace out. I love your freaking call, dude.
That is exactly, exactly how I feel about this year. And (laughs) I just said the same thing. You know what? I'm telling you, man, we are going to be just as strong, if not stronger. Our defense will be better. Our offense will be better. And if our defense is just a little better, we win the division. Simple. I don't care what San Diego did, and I don't give a shit about uh, Manning. You know, I just don't. We've beat him, uh, what, two out of three times? You know what, man? We have to be strong. We have to sell out. Put your ass in the seat. This is the year right now. This is the year. I'm telling you, like the Niners, the Niner fans that dropped their tickets just before the Niners went to it last year, they're kicking themselves in the ass because they blew it. Great call, dude. Next is my good brother, Raider John from Rhode Island, man. What's going on in the East Coast, man? Raider Craig, Raider Randy, what's going on, guys? Raider John from Rhode Island. I know a lot of guys are nervous out there about who the Raiders are going to be. We really don't have an identity right now. But the thing is, in my opinion, offensively, we really didn't lose that much. We lost Michael Bush, but I'm going to be the first Raider fan to say this. I'm not too impressed with Michael Bush, man. I know the guy's a good running back and everything, but you look at his numbers, like he just went off against San Diego one game. Other than that, when we really need him in the clutch, man, he's not there all the time for us in the clutch, or he wasn't in the clutch for us all the time, Michael Bush. When we had a strong team to play against, like he would, I don't know, like, you know, he was he really isn't a, a spot and running back in my opinion. I know a lot of people will disagree with me, but I just felt like any time he got hit low, he went down right away. And then, like, on a big third and one, they would tell him to jump over the first guy that went at his legs, and he would make one jump move, get the first down, and then go down, and then that was it. They would just continue to hit his legs, and he'd go right down. So that's all I got to say about Michael Bush. But as far as our offense goes, we still got Palmer, Jacoby, Denarius, all these other receivers. We, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on with Murphy, but – we got all these young kids coming up. Man, you really, I mean, our offense didn't do bad last year. If you look at the numbers after Palmer came in, we had one of the best passing attacks in the league. I mean, not the very best, but one of the best, it was the defense. Our defense was horrible. So it's really going to be a question to me, two questions to me. Number one, how is the defense going to be? Number two, is McFadden going to stay healthy? If McFadden stays healthy, that's, a, that's the backbone of our offense right there. If he can stay healthy offensively, I think we'll be fine. We got rid of Satelli. Thank God. The guy's terrible. The guy was a, a penalty machine. He's gone. Good. See ya. These defensive guys, nobody on defense impressed me. Stanford route. I, when did Stanford route make a name for himself? I never saw the guy make any good plays in my life, dude. The guy's terrible, so I'm not worried about him or any of these guys we lost. Wembley, I'm not even worried about him. Like, Trevor Scott is probably the one that bothers me the most because of the potential that, that he had. The defense can hold up. The Raiders won't be that bad next year. We won't be. Offensively, we're going to put up numbers like we do, and we have been lately. I'm just listening to the rest of the phone calls, and I just wanted to add one more thing. I want everybody in Raider Nation to just listen for a second. I know people are upset about these signings that we're picking up, these guys like Philip Wheeler and and that Bartel and all these guys that, you know, they're not big names. But people need to realize that we made people have big names, like Stanford Route and Cameron Wembley. It wasn't their play on the field that gave them big names. It was their contract. And the, as far as skill sets go, besides a handful of players, these are all professional football players. There's not really a huge, tremendous difference in between most guys. Granted, guys like Terrell Owens, he's going to be above – other receivers in his prime right now. I don't know. But the thing is with a lot of fans, it's like, all right, Peyton Manning, like, he's a great quarterback, but where did he come from? He had to start somewhere, and he started in college. They grabbed him. They never knew he was going to be what he ended up being. They knew he'd be good, but not what he ended up being. So you've got to give other guys a chance. And as far as, like, let's say Terrell Owens was available, a lot of Raider fans would be like, let's get him. Let's spend the money on him. You guys can take him, and I'll take these three receivers for the same price and give them all one-year deals and see how they do. And then you never know. We might end up getting the next Terrell Owens out of those three guys. So 
people just need to relax and, and let uh, McKenzie do his thing because all these one-year contracts, it, the, thing, the thing is, it's like if you want to buy a brand-new car at the end of the week, but you keep spending most of your money you make every day, every day, at the end of the week, you're not going to have enough to buy that car. And unfortunately, the Raiders are in that position where we don't have money. Right now, we got to budget and just kind of deal with these guys and see what we got with these one-year contracts and free up some space so in the future, year after year, we can have more room and more room and more room. It's, it's sort of like with Al Davis, the Raiders were like hoarders. We, we were like hoarding guys with, with crazy money, and, and now it's time to clean up the closet. Time to clean the skeletons out of the closet, get all these bums, overpaid bums out of here. If Cameron Wimbley and Stanford Rout or Kevin Boss or Michael Bush or Jason Campbell, if any of these guys you're talking about do anything this year, I will fly out to you and buy you a beer or I'll buy you drinks for the night because I guarantee you none of those guys are going to do shit this year. So fans out there, relax. Guarantee you next year we're going to sort through some stuff and we might be pleasantly surprised. Not, not to mention that... This offense is pretty much the same as last year. I'm just pumped up this offseason. It's a crazy offseason. Literally, guys. Well, guess we got to wait and see. Hope for the best. Raider Nation, I'm out. Yet another great call, man. I love it. Great take on everything. You know, it's probably me because I was really kind of bummed at first and I had to filter through all these things. You know, these thoughts that you've had, uh, you know, took me a while to figure out. That didn't just come to me. It took me a while to get to, well, this was like this, and that was like this, and this is where I am too, brother. I think the Raiders will be a great team. I think we got some great rookies. I think we have some defensive backs that are going to really open some eyes next year, and Peyton Man is going to watch his passes being run back for pick sixes, because I think we got that kind of team. And we got a defensive coach, man, not Bresnahan. We got a guy that can really coach the defense into being at least decent. That would have won us the division last year. I think we can do it. Great take, great phone call. I love the positive energy here. We're going to have a hell of a season. Thanks for the call, brother. And next, we have a big part of the international Raider Nation. That's Raider Adam from Leeds, England, man. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, brother. I love it. Raider Greg, Raider Randy. It's um, Adam calling from Leeds in the north of England. Thought it'd be about time I gave the uh, the bone line a call. Uh, I promised Randy I would uh, when I saw him at the Leighton Orient game and obviously when we caught up with you guys in San Diego last year for the Chargers-Raiders game. Um, yeah, I also promised then. So, um, you know, I've, I've waited a good few months, so uh, here I am, guys. Um, obviously, it was great to catch up um, last year and uh, clearly saw a fantastic game on, on Thursday night football and certainly a lot more exciting than the uh, the game I then went to see a few days later um, in, in Miami for the um, the Redskins, but still proudly sported the, the Raiders jersey whilst I was, uh, whilst I was there. Um I want to just say, guys, what a great job you do on the podcast. Love listening to it every week, um, listening to what, what you've got to say, Raider Greg, but also what the, uh, the other Raider fans around the world have to say about, about how we're doing. Personally, um, you know, I think AC Raider summed it up really well on the last podcast. Um, Mackenzie and Allen being, being dealt a pretty poor hand, but, um, you know, they're doing well. I think Mackenzie's doing really well at the moment with what he's got to play with, uh, making some tough decisions. Nobody wanted Michael Bush to leave or, um, you know, the Jason Campbell or Cameron Wimbley. You know, we wanted those guys to stay, but realistically for the money, we, we, we couldn't afford to keep them. You know, McKenzie was quite honest, wanted to keep Bush, couldn't afford to keep him. I know it really hit you pretty hard, Raider Greg. You uh, proudly sport your Michael Bush jersey at the games. Um, you know, we're, we're all big fans of that guy. Um, but he's, he, he was a lot of money for a backup. Um, so difficult decisions made. Um but, you know, they are, I believe they are the right ones. We're going in the right direction, personally. And uh, I think, yeah, Mackenzie's doing a damn good job at the moment. Um, and I think there's been a lot of bad, bad press about Taiwan Jones. And I think we've got to give this kid a chance. Um, yes, McFadden's brittle. We know McFadden's brittle. But when he's, when he's playing and he's playing well, he's one of the top five running backs in the, in the league. But we need him to stay healthy. 
Um, not too sure about uh, Goodson, to be honest, but I think we've got to give Taiwan Jones a chance. I mean, at the end of the day, this kid is only into his, his second year. But he came out of the fourth round. He had no pre-season last year. Well, he had no off-season last year because of the, uh, the CBA and the, and the issues there. He came out of college as a junior. I mean, he, he's raw. You know, he's got talent. So I think we're going to give this kid a chance and hopefully give him some good opportunities in, in pre-season and then use him sparingly throughout the regular season. So no, I think I think we're, we're, we're looking OK. Um, you know, we had what we thought was a great team last year. We only went 8-8. Eight and eight. So there's certainly areas to improve in. Um, we're giving a lot of one-year deals. I think that's really good to see. Um, you know, make, make the guys earn the contract. Um, so I think I think we're going in the right direction. Um, so clearly looking forward to uh, to the new season. Hopefully uh, get chance to get out and 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 see a game. It won't be in Oakland sadly this uh, this year, but I am heading off to, to to Florida for a few weeks later on in the year. So. Fingers crossed, uh, I get a chance to see a game, and if I get a chance to see the Raiders as well, it'd be it'd be fantastic. So uh, keep up the good work. Um, shout out to the fellow English Raider fans um, out there, um, Big Dave, Crusader Raider, um, Les, the Surface Raider, and, and some of the other guys. And uh, yeah, keep doing a great job, guys. And uh, speak to you soon. Go Raiders! And there you go, an international Raider fan laying it down like. You know, so far, everyone's saying the same thing. I'm kind of liking it. I don't see how the mainstream media can punk us, but I'm glad they're doing it. I'll be the underdog every day. I'm telling you right now. I love it. Great take, my friend. And next, we have Raider Sid from Mo Val. That's Moreno Valley for all you that don't get it. <laughs> What's happening, man? This is Raiders Sid from Reno Valley. A couple things. Uh, McKenzie getting the uh, Raiders under the salary cap has, has been a feat in itself, but we still need some work. We are 29000 under, so even if we had first-round picks, we wouldn't be able to sign anybody. So we need to restructure DHB's contract. Got to get it done. You know, we should find, I think, really someone who would go in there and, and kick ass immediately would be Ron Artest, Mr. World Peace. We need someone like that. Elbow somebody in the head. Elbow some of these San Francisco 49er fans. I think we're going to share a stadium with them. They can kiss my ass. We're not sharing a stadium with anybody. You know what? If we're going to move to Santa Clara, you might as well go to L.A. I say keep the Raiders in Oakland. Even though I'm from L.A., keep them up in Oakland. You know, second choice, L.A. I'm excited about the season. You know, I'm not looking forward to, to winning that many games, but... You know, we're restructuring, we're rebuilding, and uh, it needs to be done for a long time now. So, oh, Davis, we love you, but you fucking fucked up our team. It's kind of like going to a movie where you know it's going to suck and you come out saying, hey, it's not bad. So, hopefully, uh, I'm going into this season thinking we're probably going to be 8-8. Eight eight. If we do better, take ass. If not, we will be back. Raider Nation, peace out. You know, this seems to be a running theme in all these phone calls, the positive vibes of Raider Nation. As everyone tells us we're going to suck, we know better. And obviously, you know, none of us are sleeping at the wheel because, hey, man, I don't believe those guys, and I don't believe what they're saying about my team. Uh, there's no reason that we can't do at least 8-8 eight and eight, or maybe even a little bit better. Thanks for the call, brother. One of my favorite fans right here with you. That's Houston Raider Steve. I love this guy. Hello, Raider Nation. This is Houston Raider Steve. Boy, I tell you what, I'm like a kid at Christmas Day like everybody else out there, my brothers and sisters. I was able to call in to NFL Serious Radio today, talk to Rich Gannon. told uh, Rich, I said, Raider Nation is forever grateful for your service to the Raider organization and continue the greatness of the Raiders. This is the start of the season. I asked him with the departure of Michael Bush, there's a big need. We need somebody in the mold of Michael Bush, uh, Pete Banizak, Mark Van Egan, Marv Hubbard, somebody to help balance the chains and everything. With uh, Run DMC, we've got to keep Run DMC healthy and happy, obviously. Can you imagine what it would have been like if Run DMC was healthy last year? I asked Rich about what he thought about that, and he says, obviously, they're rebuilding. He likes everything that uh, Reggie McKenzie's doing. 
he said Broncos are still the team to beat. The Chargers have improved, and of course the Chiefs have improved, and so he sees this as being the last team in the division, but with obviously a lot of improvement. In my opinion, it's going to take us a couple of years to get out of the shadows. Not really, you never really get out of the shadows. Al's going to be everywhere. You know, that's his baby. He says he feels great about Reggie being the uh, general manager, as I do. He wouldn't have made the trade for Carson Palmer. That uh, Bengals got the better end of the deal. So you got to give a hue for going out and taking a chance with Carson. Hopefully Carson will be the quarterback we all think he is. He's projected to be in the second season. But anyway, I just want to say hi to all of our Raider brothers and sisters around the world, Keith and Big Dave and everybody. Go Raiders! We're back, baby! We're taking baby steps, but we're going to surprise people. Denver, you're on notice. Watch out. God bless. You see, here's a guy that knows all the old-timers. He's got the names down. He's got the legends impregnated into his melon. Uh, Houston Raider Steve is a, a virtual library of Raider knowledge. He's a great fan, good dude. Nice take, man. Uh, Rich Gannon, you're going to be surprised. You're going to be the first one saying, wow, I, wow, the Raiders. Look at the Raiders. That's for sure, partner. Thanks for the call, Steve. And last but never least, my good brother, and I do mean brother, Raider Jaime, man, this is Mr. Positive, and this is a perfect time to have this come out, man. What is happening, man? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation, what's going on, everybody? Raider Jaime calling out of Bakersfield. Just calling in to say hello to everybody, and just want to let everybody know how fucking stoked I am about this year, man. I think it's, it's looking great, man. Looking uh. Looking forward to the season. I like what they did with the draft, with the draft picks, you know, and what he did in the um, in the free agency period too. You know, you got to think about it. When he had 11 mil to fuck with, you know, we can't go uh, signing these fucking high, you know, high high salary free agents. But anyways, you know, I was really bummed out that fucking Michael Bush signing with the Bears. Now, you know, he had he had the fucking choice, you know, and he wanted to go and be a backup over there. I, I don't get that, man. Jason Campbell too, bro. I don't, I don't understand that. But you know what, bro? You know what? We're, we're gonna, we're gonna. I got a feeling we're gonna be in the playoffs this year. I know I've been saying it for the last two years, but look at it, man. It's been, it's been boiling down to that, man. We're, it's been a lot better these last two years, and it's been the last five years. And you know, we all fucking, we all, we all know what we were getting into when we fucking um, decided to take a note with this team and follow it to um, thicker thin. So. You know what, man? Things are going to be looking up for us guys this year, man. You know what? And with this new coaching staff, you know, I like Jason Tarver. Uh, Greg Knapps, he's, he's, you know, he's coming around. I think, I think this year he'll, 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 you know, he'll put, put it right on the money. I think he'll do some, some good play calling this year. And you know what? Uh, D-Mac, you guys watch, man. Everybody, I've been hearing a lot of people talk smack about D-Mac. But you know what, man? It's got to be the shoe, man. It's got to be the shoe. But other than that, you know, they, they're, they're going to they're gonna fucking do something great this year. You watch. They're going to prove everybody wrong, and we're going to be in the fucking playoffs. You watch. And the Peyton Manning shit, yeah, they're, they're, they're looking great. But you know what? The guy's got a fucking neck injury. I got six pins in my back, Raider Greg. And it's been, it's been from pop murder football to high school football. And you know what? The feeling of it is it's, it's, a, it's an unbearable feeling. You know, I had to quit fucking I had to quit softball because of that because I couldn't swing my lower torso anymore. You know, and imagine having it in your neck and fucking playing pro ball. It's going to be somewhere in the back of his head. It's going to be a psychological thing. And you know what? And when he gets that first good pop, man, even though it's a fucking, it's a foul, he's going to start second-guessing himself, and he's going to make a lot of mistakes. And in a new offense, you know what, man? It's, it's, it's going to be pretty tough for fucking Peyton Madden in his first year. You guys watch. So I think we, we, got, we got the lowdown on, on, on this year, you know, other than, than San Diego and Kansas City. I think we we got the most most determination out of all these guys, and I think we're going to come up ahead. But uh, I'm looking forward to this year, guys, and I'm going to be out there tailgating with you guys, and um, we're going to enjoy this season because it's going to be a bad fucking season. You guys just fucking wait and see. Carson's going to pull through. D-Mac's going to pull through. Everybody's going to pull through. You watch on that defense, too. We are going to get together, and we're going to do something this year. I'm going to shut all the fucking critics' mouths, man. Even our own critics, if it has to be. But fuck it, you know? 
We're Raiders, man, and we're going to do it. I'm not Raider Greg. My friends, my Raider brethren, that is a Raider fan. And that is what we have up in the house here in Oakland. And that is why we have a, such a good time and everybody wishes they could be the Raider Nation. Absolutely, man. Jaime, good call. Totally agree. You could see all the calls, man. We're thinking the same way. One thing, man, we had the Virginia Raider call in, and he had his draft, his yearly draft thing. And since I didn't do a show because we were third round and I didn't think anybody was going to guess it at all, we missed that one. We missed that call. But I want to tell you, man, the guy put a lot of work in, and uh, Virginia Raider uh, tried to lay it out for us like he does every year. I depend on him. I'll depend on you next year too, brother. And we have some draft picks too. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> Anyways, man, the Raiders are looking up. I'm telling you, it's great to come from behind the sleeper, the sleeper that wins. I love it. And uh, I think that's who we are. I think this young team is ready to leap into the next level uh, with a new coach. New, co I don't care about that stuff. Don't care about the new playbook. Don't care about any of that stuff. It's not much removed from what anybody else does. It's just execution and coaching and talent. And let me tell you, man, young, fresh talent, there's no better deal. Raiders are going places. I love it. You should love it, too. Okay, until next time, I am Raider Greg, and I am out.